Good day, viewers and listeners. Thank you so very much for joining me on another episode of All Things Faith Walk. It would be pointless to do this without you. So I appreciate you for taking the time, whether you are watching or listening to this teaching. This is part four of the four-part series on Letters from Jesus to the Church. I welcome you. I am glad you are here, and I pray that you're finding this teaching a blessing. My desire is that we would be hearers and doers of the word. For those of you who are viewing, you can see the logo for All Things Faith Walk is a Bible with two feet walking out the word. And this is what our lives should look like, that we are walking, living the word. Let the word become flesh in our lives let us not just be hearers of the word and not doers. Let us not enjoy the word in song and preaching and teaching, poetry, drama, dance, and not live it out. That would be a total waste. So here we teach the word so that we can understand it and apply it to our lives and become victorious in him. I'm encouraging you, if you have not already done so, to follow me on Books by Rosemarie or Books by Rosemary Downer on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is Books Rosemary. My website is booksbyrosemary.com. And of course, the name of this fit, uh, podcast is All Things Faith Walk. I do it uh, where you can just hear it auditorily as well as visual on YouTube. The YouTube channel name is All Things Faith Walk. I have uh, written several books that you can find on my website as well as on Amazon. And next week, I'll be going wide with all my books. You can get them at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart, Target, anywhere books are sold. So look them up. Um, I believe you'll find something inspiring that you want to get your teeth into. So take a look. Once again, I'm encouraging you to please um, like, share, comment, you can even reach out to me. I, I want to interact with uh, the listeners. So feel free to do that. So let's get into it. The letters, the letters, the letters from God the Father to the church. The letters came from God the Father to Jesus the Son, from Jesus the Son to an angel, and from an angel to John, and then from John to the churches. So if you're viewing, you will see, if you're watching this, not just listening, you'll see a flowchart here. God to Jesus, from Jesus to an angel, from an angel to John, and from John to the churches. That was the flow of the letters. But ultimately, the letters came from God. And we know God and Jesus are one. So it's perfectly fine to say letters from Jesus to the churches. So as a quick review, the, the letters went to seven historical churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. In episode one, I covered Ephesus and Smyrna. Episode two, I covered Pergamum and Thyatira. Episode three, I covered Sardis and Philadelphia. And in this episode, I'm going to cover Laodicea and do the conclusion. Seven churches. Interesting. God's perfect number is seven. So we understand that these seven churches are not the complete church. The seven churches represent the body of Christ. So it is clear that the letters were written to the church at large and his counsel to the church remains. The letters were written to historical churches and they are for us today as well. 
These are counsels to the churches and this counsel remains today. They do not change and they're written to us at a corporate level and an individual level. They were written to the entire church, not merely seven communities in ancient times. The letters were literal. They were specific letters written to each church. In the, in the letters, you'll see symbols and references made to physical objects and ways of doing things that are typical to the geographic areas that the churches were located in. So when the people read the letters, it meant something to them. They could relate to it. If you wrote a letter to my great-great-grandparents and talk about social media and Facebook, they wouldn't understand it. But if you write a letter today, I don't know who's writing letters now, but if you write a letter today and mention social media, it makes sense because it's current. So same thing with the letters. We also need to understand that the letters were universal, meaning they were meant for the seven early churches, but they're meant for us today. And they'll be meaning the same thing for any church that continue through the return of Jesus Christ for his bride. They're timeless. They're general. They're prophetic. They're eschatological, meaning they relate to end times, events of the world that will happen in end times. The letters are meaningful. The letters also have a standard structure. In every letter, the mention of the church is there or the city where the church is located is there. The name of the author is identified who's Jesus Christ. There's a commendation for churches who get a commendation, two did not get a commendation. And there's a condemnation for churches who got condemnation. One did not get a condemnation. And there's a counsel in the letters. And there's a challenge or an assurance in the letters. Standard layout for all the letters. So the one church we're going to talk about today is Laodicea. And we'll find the contents of that letter in chapter 3 of Revelation verses 14 to 22. And here's what this church is charged with. Lukewarmness. Lukewarmness. That's, that's, very, <laughs> that's very deceptive. That's very easy to overlook. And lukewarmness is distasteful. Have you ever had a bottle of water that you leave in the car, went in somewhere for a while, a few hours and came back and open the bottle and begin to drink it and have to spit out the water because it's not hot and it's not cold. That's lukewarmness. It's very insipid. So Laodicea was charged with lukewarmness. Let's take a look. So they got no commendation. This church, the father had nothing good to say about Laodicea because they were lukewarm. All of the messages to the churches of Asia are extremely practical, but perhaps none fits us more than the message to Laodicea, the church that had become so lukewarm in its deceptive self-sufficiency. We've talked about worldliness. We've talked about compromise. We've talked about leaving your first love. We're talking now about lukewarmness. And they thought they were rich. They thought they were doing good. They were self-sufficient. This is so typical of many of us today as individuals and many of our churches today. 
Verses 15 to 17 of Revelation 3 says, and this is their condemnation and admonition. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. Give me one or the other. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have acquired great wealth and need nothing, but do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Look at the variance between how the church described themselves and how God, who knows all things, described them. <laughs> rich, acquired great wealth, need nothing. But in God's eyes, you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. They're neither hot or cold. They're simply lukewarm. They're in a place of complacency, comfort, and satisfaction. How about you today? Are you striving for more in the Lord? Are you satisfied with where you are? Are you complacent? Have you plateaued? Have you lost your appetite for him? Are you still passionately in love with him? Are you crazy about your God? Are you hot? Are you on fire for him? Have you gone lukewarm? No, no, no. You're not cold. You still go to church. You still wave your hands. You still shout. You still move in the spirit. You still speak in tongues. But are you lukewarm or are you hot? Neither hot or cold. A place of complacency, comfort, just church as usual. Are you indifferent or apathetic when the word is preached and taught? Are you moved? Do you react? Do you obey? Does it prompt you to deeper levels in the father? You know you're lukewarm when you just go to church and just leave. Nothing is applied to your life because you check that off for the week. I went to church. Are you self-sufficient? Are you self-satisfied? What you do in ministry, do you feel like you do it on your own because you know how to do it? Are you satisfied with where you are? That is lukewarmness. We should always want more in him, more of him. We should never, ever be satisfied. You become lukewarm when you feel like you've had it all. You're lukewarm when you trust in yourself, in your wealth, in your resources, or what you thought your wealth could buy you. So everything is coming out of you, not linked to the real source because whatever you have was given to you. But we are lukewarm when we rely on us to do ministry. The church of ladies just said, I'm rich. I have become wealthy. My church is bursting out the seams. I'm, I'm doing good spiritually. But are you connected? I have need of nothing. Mm-hmm. But the Lord says, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked, rich, but wretched, rich, but miserable, rich, but poor, rich, but naked. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I call that spiritual ignorance. You're so self-centered that you don't see your condition before the Lord. We do not want to be like the church of Laodicea. This church got no commendation. Father doesn't want lukewarmness. He will vomit you. He will vomit me. He will vomit us out of his mouth when we become lukewarm. Choose one. 
So this is his advice, verses 18 to 19. Take my advice and buy gold from me. Remember, I talk about symbols in the letters. Buy gold would resonate with them because they consider themselves wealthy and they were materially wealthy. They were materially wealthy. So they were always buying gold. That So they were always buying stuff. So using this analogy made sense. You know, we know we can't buy anything from the father, but speaking in this symbolic terms, they could understand it. How many wealthy churches today? How many wealthy individuals today? Wealthy with degrees, wealthy with bank accounts, wealthy with stocks and bonds, wealthy with clothes and cars, wealthy with houses. And we feel like we got it made. It's so relevant to us today. And these things snuff out the fire of God in our belly. The fire stopped blazing. The water of living life stopped flowing because we've now leaned back and relaxed in what we have. And, you know, I know how to do it. Just Let's go in there, do it two hours, two and a half hours. We're done for the week. So he says, buy of me, refined by fire so you can become rich. We've got to go through the fire of purification and sanctification to become rich in him. Buy from me white clothing so you can be clothed and your shameful nakedness will not be exposed. And buy eye salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Lukewarmness will blind you. You won't see your real condition. Lukewarmness will have you naked and you think you're clothed. He said, check in with me. Get me to clothe you. Get me to wash your eyes so you can have spiritual eyesight. He says, all those I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. He loved the church of Laodicea, even though they were lukewarm. He was calling them to repentance. He's calling you today. He's calling me today. We cannot be lukewarm. He will vomit us out of his mouth. I want fellowship with him. I don't want to be removed from him. May the Lord keep me hungry, desperate for him, always wanting more, always trying, striving for greater in him, not position wise, but relation wise. Buy from me, buy gold, acquire or gain from me, get white raiment without spot, without contamination. It comes from me, not your resources. So he gives them comfort and assurance in verse 21. I will grant the one who conquers permission to sit with me. So if you repent and turn and change your ways, you'll be able to sit with me on my throne, just as I too conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. So you'll reign with him. He will come into the life of the one who invites him. If we repent, he will come and reestablish us. The believer who overcomes is promised the privilege of sitting with Christ on his throne, reigning with him in the kingdom. That is the privilege and right to share in Christ's authority and rule in the millennium and eternal future. I want that. I don't want to be in eternal damnation. There are two final destinations. (laughs) Jubilance and joy with him or damnation. The one who has an ear, let him hear. He had better hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And if you notice, the letters often have this appeal in there. If you can hear me, my encouragement to you, Jesus is saying, listen to what I am saying and make the necessary change. That's what he's saying. Listen to what I am saying and make the necessary change. So open your ears. 
Do not exclude Christ from your fellowship in selfish, materialistic self-dependence. Do not exclude Christ from your fellowship and practice selfish, materialistic self-dependence. Do not have Christ standing on the outside while you're doing ministry. Do not exclude Christ by apathy to his word. Be moved by his word. Be pricked in your heart by his word. So many of us are so accustomed to hearing the word that it just rolls off our back like a duck. No, that's lukewarmness. That's hardness of heart. That's status quo. That's church as usual. That's business as usual. No, he will vomit you out of his mouth. We need a sensitive heart. Broken heart and contrite spirit is what he's looking for. So what is the call to us today? What is the, what are the seven letters saying to us today? Ephesus left their first love. Smyrna, the persecuted church, got no condemnation, by the way. Pergamum, married to the world. Thyatira, church in compromise. Sardis, deadness in the church. Philadelphia, little strength, small in number, but fruitful. Laodicea, lukewarm. Philadelphia also got no condemnation. So let's go back up here. Ephesus, keep your love hot. If you're married or you're in a relationship, I'm not married, but I'm no fool. If your marriage is going down, you need to do whatever you need to do to rekindle that fire. And you do. It may be a retreat. It may be a marriage retreat. It may be a weekend away. It may be a vacation. It may be counseling. You do what you need to do to keep your marriage going. No difference with the Lord. Get back to your first love. Rekindle the fire with the God you know. Persecuted church, whatever we go through in life, let's stay true to the Lord. Smyrna did it and we are nowhere near the persecution that they endured. They were rewarded and commended for it. Married to the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We should not march by the world's drumbeat. We should live our lives up to the standard of the word of God. My pastor says, many people Use the mirror of the world instead of using the mirror of the word. Let us use the mirror of the word. Let us not be a church in compromise. Let us not compromise our standards. Let us hold our lives up to the standard of the word of God. That's dietaria. Deadness in the church. We don't want to do ministry but have no spiritual vitality. That was the demise of Sardis. Very active. Look powerful from the outside, but they had no spiritual vitality. We want what we do to have impact and change lives, not programs, but life-changing ministry to edify the body of Christ, to equip the saints and to work the ministry of the gospel. Philadelphia, we just covered that in the last episode, episode number three, little in number, little strength, the scripture says, but it means little in number, but they were fruitful They took advantage of every open door the father gave them. That's how we want to be. It doesn't matter your reputation. It doesn't matter who knew you, knows you, but you work to the max what the Lord has given you. And the last church we're talking about today is lukewarmness. That's the worst. They got no commendation. God wanted nothing to do with them because they were in between. Make up your mind. Do you love me or not? That's what he's saying. And if you can't make up your mind, I want nothing to do with you. I will vomit you out of my mouth. Oh, my Lord, I don't want that. Do you? So we can't plateau. We need to be hot for him. Let us not even be cold. But if you're cold, come. 
Come today. Get back in the fire. Get in line. If you're lukewarm, get up, dust yourself off. Come back. Ask him to rekindle the fire in you. Ask him to renew your love for him. That's what he wants. Christ is represented in relation to the church locally and universally. These letters have application locally and universally. If anyone hears is an appeal to individuals. If anyone hears is an appeal to individuals. Who have I appealed to in this episode? Who have I appealed to in the past three episodes? Like Laodicea, the church today is lukewarm. Am I lukewarm? Are you lukewarm? And if you are, what are you going to do about it? You listening to this episode, this podcast is no mistake. Get back in love with the father. We have seen what it means to be lukewarm. We have seen how we are to deal with lukewarmness. Do we have ears to hear this message as the Lord challenges us in this passage? Are we blind to the effects of our own forms of greed? Are we blind to the effects of self-promotion? Are we blind to the effects of popularity that social media has given us platforms to promote ourselves? But we're not praying and we all have a ministry that we've turned into business, but we're not praying. Lukewarm. He wants nothing to do with it. The world is driven by greed, but the church is not exempt. We are in the world. And for the most part, some of us are of the world because we're just as greedy as the world. Not only for material things, but for our selfish, self-centeredness what we call value, self-value, self-worth. We look to the world and not to our maker. Think about how it tarnishes the testimony of Christ when business professionals compromise integrity and biblical values to cut a less than honorable deal. You are in business, but you cut corners. That's not honorable. And you call yourself in a Christian. It is so popular today. Having written books, looking for graphic artists, looking for editors, looking for marketers. Everybody is after money and they promise you, but don't deliver. And they put themselves up as Christian business. Everybody have a business. This is the era in which we live. Part of what we talked about in a previous episode is called realism, materialism. It makes you lukewarm. Think about how greed shreds families apart when parents devote their best energies to dreams of the good life, leaving little strength or time to care for the individual or the spiritual well-being of their family. It's robbing us. Greed, self-centeredness, self-promotion, materialism, wealth, position, popularity. It's robbing us. Think about how greed injures the church and ministry for the same reasons because people are so engulfed in the pursuit of position, power, praise, prestige, and pleasure. That's my next book. That there is neither time nor energy to devote themselves to the word or to ministry. Think about it. Think about it. That's why you have so many church splits because people are after position, power, praise, prestige, and pleasure. They don't get the recognition in their local church. Oh, now it's time for me to pop out of here and start my own ministry and call myself pastor and whatever. So people can recognize me for who I think I am. It's called the Luciferic spirit. That's what Lucifer did. He wanted that. He got evicted and he came down here. Split. The very first church split. Come on now. 
Come on, let us do what we do to the honor and glory of God. Come on, time is too short. My brothers and sisters that are listening to me, I'm calling you to get back. Get back in your corner with him. Get back in your prayer room. Get back in your closet. Get back in your one-to-one relationship. Forget the public. Forget the crowd. It's between you and him. One-on-one. You have an audience of one. And you seek to please one person. And that's not even yourself. You seek to please him. I pray these letters have spoken to you. I taught it, but they've spoken to me. Amen. So, (laughs) Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. I pray they have spoken to you. I pray they have spoken to you. So I, I'm asking you, share this with somebody else. Share this with a pastor, a minister, a fellow brother or sister. Like it, comment on it. Follow me, Books by Rosemary or booksbyrosemary.com. Facebook, Instagram, website, booksbyrosemary.com. Twitter, Books Rosemary. You can email me from my website. My phone number is there as well. I want to talk to you. I want to hear how this has impacted you. But please remember, get back to your first love. Do not compromise. Do not be lukewarm. Do not be void of spiritual vitality. Do not entertain false teachers, the spirit of Jezebel. These are things we covered over the past four episodes. He's calling us into deeper relationship with him. We cannot afford to be lukewarm. He wants our heart. All of it. Amen. So please subscribe, like, comment, and share. And I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me on this episode of All Things Faithful. May the Lord bless you and keep you until 